0: Okay, and what are you doing over here? Huh. We are like Hmm What are we talking about now? now?: Yeah, right. What, what are we going to do? do where, where are go? we going? No. What's the year? The year.
1: <laughs> oh, that was just a whole conversation at the house. OK. <laughs> <laughs> My son said, I just started writing 2017 today. Oh, congratulations, oh. son. Happy well New Year. <laughs> I've been doing 2016 and it's like, wait a minute. It's 2017. Welcome to the like new year day. son. Like no. we're all here waiting on you. <laughs> Greetings from the future. <laughs> oh man. Day in the life with a teenage boy. Well, he's not teenage. He's 20. <laughs> he's
0: 20. Well, hello and welcome to Creation Curve Leadership. I am Coach Colbertson and I'm here with Kimberly
2: and we are here with Susan. And Susan, how do you say your last name? C. C. I always second guess myself. Mm-hmm. It's S E A Y. So I'm like Say C-A, oh, C A. Oh, I get it all.
0: Shay. Yeah, I get it yeah. all. Definitely mm-hmm.
2: not Shay. Mm-hmm. There's no H in there. I know, but I get Shay. I bet you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, so we're here with Susan C. She's fantastic, even though I don't know how to pronounce her name. Do not let that make you think that we are not buddies and I don't know her because she's fantastic and a mentor of mine and an amazing businesswoman and lots of other great things.
0: So let's do a quick snapshot of what you're doing, Susan. What is the day day in the life of Susan look like?
1: Oh, that's fun. Um, that's rich. Okay. That should be a big one, right? Oh yeah. I'm sure. Every day know. is just the same too. Oh, not a lot of exactly changing factors so in like, your life. Let's huh? just pick a good day. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so um, I have seven children, and before anybody spits their coffee or drops their drink, that's right, seven. Seven. I have seven. one boy, six girls. So my son is the oldest. Everybody always wants to know, like, how bad is his suffering? Is he's the youngest? Yeah, no, he's the oldest. (laughs) Uh, He is almost twenty-one, and my youngest is seven. And so we homeschool. Just to add to the crazy, and uh, so we're all home. Uh, My son's in college. Uh, My oldest daughter is also in college. So those two are pretty much self-sufficient. They got it going on. Uh, And the rest of us do breakfast and school and whatnot around the house. And my hubby and I have our own business, uh, our own real estate investment company. So. Uh, He leaves at some point in the morning. He doesn't have an early morning start. Uh, We usually start the day maybe talking about the plans, the agenda for the family for the day, and um, maybe a couple business decisions we need to make, and then we get rocking and rolling with everyday life. So no day is the same. You know, if we've had tenants in our real estate, we need to deal with that. The whole day can get a little bit, squirrely <laughs> uh, if we have children who've decided that they're just not feeling it and we need to have character training that morning
0: character training character training now that's a good word
2: <laughs> that, that's what you call that babe uh, that's what ah uh, okay <laughs> It's character training. I'm going to start using that with Jack in the mornings. Jack, it's time for
1: character training. Yes. (laughs) I actually, right now, um, my two youngest are going through Ben Franklin's uh, book where we just take a little wisdom nugget every morning and I have them use that for copy work. Beautiful way to just teach them the simple ways to have a way of thinking about life versus mm. it being a rule that mom's trying to teach. I just yeah. teach them this wisdom nugget from a great book in history and they get to just soak it up and for them it's just a part of life. Mm. But guys, yeah, nice. that's us. Do they
2: do they have a favorite nugget that mm. they're sticking with? Or do you do you have one that you push like every third day is like the same nugget?
1: Well, I'll just give you today's nugget. All right. When the wells dry, we know the worth of water. Let Franklin, that be man. deep. Dude,
0: so, that's, that's
1: cool. Yeah. I, then we, okay, because you know, we're dealing with young kids here. What do they know about a well? So we <laughs> had that <laughs> whole like, conversation. What is that? So like yeah. a well is a well is a... Mm. So we got to talk about how blessed we are. That we're in a household with how many sinks? and access to Mm. clean running water so easily, that's not the experience of other children like you. Right, Um, right. So then they got to understand that there's some people who have to actually leave their home or leave their village to go get water just Mm -hmm. to do the basic things of life. So we had that whole conversation. Then we talked about how important it was for us to have water in our lives and whatnot. And it was just so interesting to see how that one little nugget became so many lessons about health and life, about privilege and experience that they have in their lives just of having the privilege of clean water and the overall nugget that it's teaching of we have so many things in our lives we can take for granted and when we don't understand the value of them until they're gone.
2: I was just talking about this recently with a friend because of allergies in Austin. So I always feel like this time of year I remember how nice it is to breathe through Mm -hmm. your nose Mm-hmm. because I'm not breathing through my <laughs> nose. Not happening for you. But right then now. I when I when it comes back, mm-hmm. it's just glorious. Like Isn't breathing is just so nice. Yes.
0: So, we're done. We, the value is already laid down. We're good. <laughs> good night everybody. <laughs> <laughs> because but, wow. No,
2: no, no, no. I I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to allow that cuz <'cause laughs> season has know, a lot but more still, to it's offer, like, you know. That ball itself. But it's that nice. was a real good start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you homeschool your seven kids well five now because mm-hmm. your other two are have flown the nest yes they in college. Have. Mm-hmm. so when you are homeschooling your kids are they helping each other
1: mm-hmm.
2: are you just like moving from kid to kid to kid to kid mm-hmm. how do you do that in a way i can't even imagine homeschooling my one kid right. and staying sane so tell mm-hmm. me about like how do you how do you create
1: that environment in a way that Works for you and for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me just say up front, I get this a lot when people hear, first of all, that I have seven children. They go, I couldn't imagine having seven. I'm barely trying to figure out how to do one or two. And I always say to them, I think having one child is much harder than having seven. Really? Take it in. <laughs> get busy over here, people. So... Uh, Yes, because they truly do become each other's friends, each other's go-to. And when you have that situation of one, you are their go-to. You're their friend. You're their joke teller. You are the one to help them. You are the one to hear that story for the third, fifth, eighth, ninth, 100th time.
2: We are so on That's your boat you. with that. Yes. There you go. We have a very expert little kid. Yes. And so uh, yeah, we
0: resemble that remark. Oh, yes. my gosh.
2: Fen went on an eight-day Work trip recently, mm-hmm. and so I was the only recipient
1: of all that goodness. You couldn't spread
2: it around just with the of two of all us. All the goodness,
1: it was all I mean, your way. It was
2: so nice because he was so like clingy and like mm-hmm. huggy, and he mm-hmm. missed dad. So it was like, "Mommy, hold my hand." It was really nice, but yes. then I was like, oh over my it gosh. at some yeah. point.
1: Yeah, you're <laughs> over it. I mean, like, I love you, baby, but honestly, <laughs> I need a break. Yes, I understand that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so in our homeschooling, do they help each other? Absolutely, because they're family. They're siblings, and they want to see each other do well, and they want to help out. Uh, And please do not hear that and think, oh, it's a sappy love story in the family and everybody just gets along and they always want to see each other do well. Yeah, so we have our days where they don't want to look at each other either. And because someone looked at them or touched them or breathed in their direction, it is a problem. We got that realness, too. Uh, But, yes, they do help each other and they do learn from one another. And we teach them that that's a part of life. And that's what you do is when you learn something, you give it back. Who's someone else that could benefit from what you now know how to do? Because at one point it was hard for you, and now you've crossed over. So now who's behind you that that's hard for? And that applies to them in homeschool, but it's applied to our children as they've stepped into their gifts and talents that have really come to the surface. That we've shown them that your gifts and talents aren't just for you, yourself, to enjoy. But they're for you to be able to serve and give to others who could benefit from them. And because we really have that as the central message, um, that's why our two oldest daughters both got involved in business and launched their own businesses at the ages of like 14 and 13 years old. They started in their businesses because we said, this is fantastic. You've obviously got a skill. Who could benefit from this skill? First, they started giving it away. And then people started offering to pay them for it. And that started them in business. Yeah.
0: Well, we've been in the recipient of that. You know, your daughter, Aisha, came and t- took pictures at our 15th wedding anniversary. Yes. So we know. We, had,
1: we got that. Yes, you know? exactly. And it's, it's weddings. It's events. It's family pictures. We had um, a dear family. Their mom was, was uh, diagnosed with cancer. And it was a precious gift to get family photos for them to have her pictures of her when she still looked her strongest and her best. Right. And that was something they could treasure to have and not have those moments where they go, we wish we would have taken family photos, you know, before she went through this hard time. Thankfully she has come through it, but those are family treasures for them. And it was an opportunity for her to share her gift.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So your family has a lot of business savvy and all of your children are kind of involved. Um, You've told me a little bit about how your family business kind of is an umbrella for the many businesses of your family. Mm -hmm. And so can we talk about that a little bit about how how you are not only raising up your children as human beings, but also as business
1: people? Oh, for sure. Yes. So I think that was one of the things that attracted my husband and I to each other the most, is that we just had this desire to create something of our own. We knew that we were not going to be the typical uh, corporate job having couple that just wasn't our plan. And uh but we weren't sure exactly how it looked. We were two dreamers in college of like when we grow up and this is what we're going to do. We're going to take like the it. world by storm.
0: Yes. We've been there.
1: <laughs> done that Bought the t-shirt. Yeah, and yeah. you know, we've talked about that over tuna fish sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cans of beans. Like you know when times got real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done that too. Yep. <laughs> so, um but we we've been able to make it a reality. Um you know, we Got married when uh, I was 20. I was not even able to drink alcohol yet. And here I was married. Uh, But we were able to retire him from his corporate job when we were in our 30s. So within just a few Yeah. As we grew a family.
2: Perspective and story. Yeah. And. On top of that, you guys have seven kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was a whole lot going on. But uh, you, I don't know if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey, but you've heard him say, you know, you live like no one else. So one day you can live like no one else. Right, right, And we really took that on in our lives. And we've done the one car. And we've done the one car that was barely rolling. And we've done all kinds of things. Lived low, below our means um, in order to get to this place. So um, knowing that we wanted to have our own business, uh, we... Looked for avenues, and real estate was the best avenue for us. And so we invested in real estate when my husband was in his corporate job. I would take the kids out. They were two years old and an infant or three years old and an infant or four years old, a two year old and an infant. And we would ride around. (laughs) Yeah. You notice that like they're coming along as we're looking at this real estate and uh, I would take them out during the day and we would preview properties and then we would eliminate them during the day. And then we would get down to the place of like these one or two are worthy of your time to go look at honey. And so after work, he would only have one or two to go preview and figure out if that's a good investment for us to make.
2: And then the kids are with you that whole time, kind of seeing the process.
1: Exactly. And so they got really used to pointing out properties, kind of knowing what we were looking for. Even when they were just knee high, they were part of that conversation always. Uh, Typically for us as a family, if we're sitting around the dinner table, business is going to come up, all kinds of businesses. We love to watch shows like Shark Tank and The Prophet. Like those are our shows and we love to dissect them and talk about business decisions and how do you you know that's a good buy or not a good buy or what are some warning signs about that business. And it has just become the flavor and the culture of our family as much as I would anticipate the Kennedy's or any other political family sits around and talks about politics, right? It's just that's their family. They don't even have to effort into that. It's just how it is. And that's how it is for us with business.
2: I feel like we've come to the point in our show now where I formally request to be
1: adopted
2: (laughs) (laughs) into your family I don't know if that's allowed. I know you've got, already got seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think the kids would probably say, "Oh, you just have no idea." <laughs> 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 careful what you ask for over there. Careful, careful.
2: Oh, I'm sure I, I'm sure I need a lot of wisdom nuggets in my life. <laughs> I'm sure I could benefit from yeah. some good Ben Franklin beginnings to my mornings.
1: Oh, my word. Yeah, well, it's, it's a joy for us um, to be able to be present in our children's lives. And I think that's the real gift and opportunity that we have here. And it was definitely one of my biggest motivators in trying to get my husband off his corporate job. Um, We were thankful for the consistent income. We were thankful for the opportunities that were presented to him when he had that job. But we were also aware of one of the prices that we paid is that he has always been in the financial world. That's just his thing. And when it was report time, his hours got longer and longer and his mm. days got longer and longer. And he just had to do what he had to do because that was part of his job. Right, right. But that meant that he wasn't around and he would miss seasons in the kids lives just simply because he had to do his job. So my big motivator was to be able to pull him off of his job so he could be present and he wouldn't have to hear the recaps of the stories or the birthday parties or the events that they did or the first steps or whatever that happened he could actually be there too
0: so obviously we're hearing stories of you and your husband lead your children into for a lot of people this is a very different story than the standard quote unquote American dream. Oh, yeah. Right. But oh. it is the American dream, mm. though, <laughs> at the same time. And it's so
2: like, it's still uh, the American dream, but it's no longer the American way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I think the interesting thing that you do with moms mm. right now is that, you know, you're going out, you're sharing these stories, I mean, you're sharing your life, mm. but then all of a sudden they're, I think this, the story for so many moms is that, oh, I'm just a mom.
1: hmm Yes.
0: You know? And every time I hear something like that, I just kind of crumble inside because I'm like, dude, wh- are you serious? You know? Mm-hmm. But that's how they feel. Truly. That's Absolutely. how they feel. Yeah. So walk us through how... And, and kind of the process that you follow in 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 mentoring mm-hmm. moms, yeah, you know, to help them understand. Okay, this is a big deal mm-hmm. that you're 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 growing people. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, that's you are. Of an important.
1: That's mm-hmm. an important thing. Yes, it's no small feat and no small task. And um, I, I'll talk about how I even got to this place because I um, have always just had a heart for moms. I've always found myself gravitating towards moms in the grocery store encouraging them when they have that child who's fallen out of the grocery cart and just screaming and everyone else is looking at her with these eyes of judgment and she feels the heat of those stares I'm that one who's like going over going girls just one day out of many days okay like this this one won't go down as the best day ever but you'll survive it like it's okay and Others of us have been here before. Like it just happens right? to not be right? us today, you know? <laughs> and I will give you one tip that I do in grocery stores when my kids used to do this. Yes, Okay, people, Here's here's the tip of the day. So when my kids would get to this point where they were overtired, really hungry, cranky, whatever is going on, the tag is touching them in the back of their shirt. I don't know what <laughs> is causing them to act out today, but they are just not having it in the middle of the grocery store. I would flip the script on them, and I would suddenly become the nanny. And I would just go, oh, my goodness, look at how you're behaving. I'm going to have to tell your mom all about that when we get home. (laughs) And here's this confused child who, like, stops in mid-cry, like, ah, what, mom? And they're kind of looking at me like, what does she mean she's going to tell mom when we get home? I would completely flip the script and just become a whole nother person right in front of them. And you know, nannies do not get embarrassed, right? Like that's not (laughs) their child. That's their job. Right. And they're there to care for the child, but they're not invested in like, this says everything about me because this child is falling out in the grocery store. They're just like, I don't know. I'm just watching the kid, right? And I'm like, (laughs) that became my attitude to keep me from being embarrassed. And when we're embarrassed, we say things we shouldn't, we do things we shouldn't, because we're just trying to cover up the shame. So I wanted to find a way to just diffuse that tension in the moment, and not put myself on edge and just further cause them to act out worse. I just flipped it. And this was like, Oh, yeah, so have to just tell your mom about that when we get home, and then I would just say, "Come on, get on up. We're going to go home. Let's tell your mom all about it." And it just immediately just took the tension out of that moment and confused them enough that they would settle down.
2: Okay, so, <laughs> so we question. could leave the store. Are you are you saying you did this primarily to confuse the child mm-hmm. and like a pattern interrupt, mm-hmm. or are you? saying you did it for you to distance yourself from the child or, so yes. that-
1: or both of that <laughs> all of, anything that worked in that moment to get me out of that store and uh-huh. to get them to stop it
2: have your grown children <laughs> talked to you about this they're like remember that time when you pretended mm-hmm. to not be you that have you ever had a conversation with your like older children about this
1: the funny thing is they don't remember
2: they don't remember isn't that something
1: because you think about how they, old they, they are they when they're doing they that remembered. kind of stuff they don't remember that kind of stuff there you go <laughs> Yeah, that's stuff they'll remember with their therapist, and um, by then they're paying that bill. So,
2: (laughs) but at least you help them along, and they start their business when they're fourteen, so they can can, afford some therapy.
1: The future therapists of America, I've got a fleet of people coming your way. (laughs) A
2: fleet. Roll up in your van for nine. There you go. It's Come just on. like we have hours of one two, on. ten. I got your day
1: on <laughs> lock. I got your whole day on lock. Just my children are coming in.
0: <laughs> are you feeling like you're lost in your own life? You know that there's something better and you even know what that something looks like, but you just can't seem to get there. Or maybe you start, make a little progress, and all of a sudden, whammo, life happens, and now you feel hopelessly lost and far away from your goal. Try a new approach to figuring out what's going on in your life. The Creation Curve Compass Planner from our friends at Creation Curve Leadership. The Compass Planner is values-based, a different model than that old planner you buy every year and stop using around the second week of February. The best part? It's free, printable, and super easy. Just go to creationcurve.com slash compass and tell our friends, Coach and Kimberly, where to send it. That's creationcurve.com slash compass for your free values-based planner. If you're done getting lost in your own life, stop living by the clock and start living
2: by values. Okay, so that's a really good example of you have all of these little nuggets, Mm -hmm. but you also come alongside women to really change the script of, of who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. We've been talking primarily about how you lead in your family, Mm -hmm. but a lot of women don't see themselves as leaders Mm -hmm. and they don't see themselves even necessarily as important. You know, the, the whole, I'm just a mom or Mm -hmm. I don't really contribute anything. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of women, if they're not working a job, they feel like, well, I'm not bringing in any income. Mm -hmm. And so there's some struggle there around worth. And how do you, How do you come alongside moms as as a coach and a speaker? Truly, and you've really built a business around that. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about
1: helping moms look at themselves as leaders? Oh my goodness, that is the heartbeat of my message. So I wrote a book in 2016 entitled "The Intentional Parent: Parenting on Purpose When Life Gets Busy," because life gets busy, and we can get pulled in many different directions and feel just distracted and overwhelmed and exhausted. And sometimes wondering what am I doing all of this for? Right? I cook the food. They get hungry again. I wash the dishes. The dishes get dirty again. I do laundry. There's more laundry to do. It doesn't seem like I do anything that's ever done. Right? It's not like we have a job where we can create a project or write a report and it's done. All of the work that is involved in motherhood is work that is (laughs) continual. And then sometimes if you take a minute and your child is four or five and you start to think about how many more years you got of this, it starts to feel like you got to be kidding me. Like, I didn't stop to think about that. This is almost endless, it feels like.
2: Girl, I'm so with you. Mm -hmm. I had this moment like, I don't know, six months ago, maybe maybe a year ago. I was at the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I, you know, like there's things your family buys every time you go. Right. You know, milk, cheese for us, like hummus was the thing. Mm-hmm. I was like picking up hummus. I always, you know, we were in a hummus phase. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to buy this hummus every two weeks for the rest of my life. It feels like, yeah. And I just came home and I was like, Ben, how many hours do you think I'm going to spend at the grocery store? I, I don't want to do this every day pay period forever and ever mm-hmm. and so he was like do you want me to go to the grocery store sometimes <laughs> and i was like yes mm-hmm. so yes he's astoundingly
0: heroic instacarts <laughs> to
2: ah and then you
1: just Instacart decided to let someone outsource it heroic. girl there you go you know you
2: pay a little extra so sure. you have to decide is that worth it sure but there are times when it is worth it uh, like yes. you know what i will take those three hours and i
1: will pay someone there are not only that. times, there are absolute seasons where right? you should just say this <laughs> needs to be part of the bills. It just needs to because it will create the brain space. It will just give the relief of the stress of mm-hmm. one more thing that needs to get done. So, yeah, there are times, there are seasons. Go for it.
2: Yeah. Ben started doing the grocery shopping mm-hmm. and like four Four times after he started, he was like, let's let someone else do this. I was like, yes.
0: (laughs) It only took you four to go, yeah, I'm over this. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And every time I go to the grocery store afterwards, I'm like, why did I do this? Oh, my
1: word. This is so
0: worth 20 bucks for me to not be here. There you go.
1: (laughs) There you go. Well, you found a way to create value in your time because you all are both, you know, doing well in business as well. So you understand that you got to weigh your time out. And I want to create a space where moms begin to see that their time is valuable as well. And they're willing to get the support that they deserve in order to do one of the toughest jobs that there is on the planet. And one of the most crucial and critical. So are moms leaders? Absolutely. Are they valued as leaders always? No. To this day, I can go into certain circles and I say to people, you know, hi, how you doing? And we start a conversation, natural conversation, especially here in America is what do you do? And I'll say, I'm a mom of seven kids. And they kind of nod slowly. First of all, they're trying to take in the seven (laughs) kids. I totally get that life now. Um, But then they're also saying, and I've had them outright say, and then like, do you do like, what else do you do? What else? do Do you do anything else? And I just kind of pause because part of me <laughs> wants to say, uh, "Okay, so that's actually quite a lot, and you're welcome." So
2: you Seriously, right? I'm like the opposite. I'm like, "When do you breathe?" Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, and you're standing here, you are fully showered. dressed. Way and to go and how about that, smiling, and actually look like you had sleep. Yeah, that's impressive. And I would take the high five on that. I'm here to tell you, and
0: bam, high five. there you
1: go. So, um, but beyond that, I um. I began mentoring moms uh, really because it was what I had been doing. It's just a natural outreach of my heart towards other women because this is my experience. If we were to go, women, speaking of women, if we were to go into any business and get a job as a manager, one of the first things we'd be put through is training. Mm -hmm. They're going to give you management training for the job that they expect you to do. In motherhood, baby arrives.
0: Where's the training? And here come the crickets, (laughs) right?
1: You're just kind of standing there like, hello, anyone going to explain, like, what should we do first? What's most important? And how do we do it? And is there a right way? And surely we've been doing this for quite a long time as a people have we not figured this out yet? Why do I feel so alone? And who do I ask, right? And because of the structure of our families in this country now, most of us are not near our parents. Mm. We're not near mm. a family support system that could come around us and really keep us through this transition that we're going through as parents.
2: Plus, they weren't trained either.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then some of us know our families well enough to go, no, baby. No. <laughs> mm i love you it's but okay no. <laughs> like i'm whatever you tell me to do that's a 180 i'm not doing that i'm clear on that so then what do we do we uh we go to our friends we go to google and get like a gajillion responses on things you should do that start to contradict each other WebMD, mm-hmm. and then you say my baby is dying that's it everything's yeah. critical at the this Oregon point trail You're- yes of, uh... <laughs> Of websites. That There's tiny rash is Everything now a disease. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was just diaper rash, but I swear my kid's dying. I swear it's over. Right?
2: Well yeah. the sleep deprivation plus the Google come on results can make you a little crazy.
1: <laughs> Take away anything. I you know, at some point new moms are saying, Take away anything, but just give me five minutes of sleep. Right? Really? You, you know, can have it all.
2: I honestly I'm sure a lot of people would say this. I didn't I didn't think the sleep deprivation was going to be that big of a deal because no. I was not real fond of sleep. You know, mm-hmm. I just am a I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of person. I'm just a burn the candle at both ends. And I just thought I'm pretty good at not sleeping. But you know what it is? It's the cumulative mm-hmm. lack of sleep because mm-hmm. like, you know, college or you're in your 20s and, you know, as a teacher, I would stay up sometimes all night grading papers. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go teach another day. But then the next day I would sleep for like, 12 hours
1: uninterrupted
2: but you can't ever do that like it's like i'm not gonna ever you feel there there, there are seasons you oh, feel like i'm can you come here? yeah i'm never yeah. ever oh, yeah. gonna sleep through oh, yeah. the night again you mm-hmm. know <laughs> yes i mean our son is five and he's still like he wakes up sometimes and then he's in the phase where he's scared because mm-hmm. it's dark yes and his room is not super close to ours in the layout of our apartment and so it's just like you wake up to him going like screaming like bomb mm-hmm. I need water, you know, Mm. like, okay, go get it. No, it's dark, you know. So, like, three in the morning, you're like, you're five years
1: old. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure if the screaming across the house is worse. Tell me which one is worse. Is it them screaming across the house, or you just open your eyes slightly to this dark figure standing over you in the middle of the night? (laughs) Because that's more my experience in my household. We definitely went
2: through that phase in the like two to three kind of world. And it is pretty creepy. That is
1: terrifying, actually. I have just, please knock as you come in the door. Like shake the bed as you, like something. But please don't let me open my eyes and you're just standing there breathing deeply (laughs) over me. That is just way too much. You
2: know what Jack has been doing lately? (laughs) If it's light. Like so if he wakes up and it's the weekend and we've blessedly gotten to sleep past sunrise mm-hmm. and he'll walk into the room and he'll start putting toys on me oh like he's playing and I'm not waking up oh. like not faking I just am not awake yet right. and he'll like I'll wake up and he's like driving something across my face
1: or like <laughs> definitely poking got a boy. me I'm like I what is it.
2: happening right now <laughs> yes
1: Yes, you're his favorite playmate in that it's moment. He's like, so come true. on, and his only playmate. There his dad is like dead to the world. He does oh, not wake up. Real so we got easy. a solid sleeper. Oh man! And everybody in the family knows it. So you're like the go-to. I,
2: I wish I could sleep like that. Come
1: on, what is that? Is it a special man gene? No, I don't. I, is it just I, I know men who a... are
2: light sleepers? He's okay. just not
1: one of them. Gotcha. In college, he used to say, um, "There's
2: this, there's this Bible verse where where a tree falls." There shall, shall it lie, <laughs> and I mean, like there's he would. Once he fell asleep somewhere, that's it. I mean, you could not wake him up. Oh, nice! Like he would just—he was—he was unmovable.
0: Interesting. Well, it also helps that you know I stay awake until like you know three o'clock in the morning. Oh, gotcha. Know. So okay. I'm a classic so you, insomniac. You take, yeah, take so your
1: time down. going down, but when you go down, you're that's out. It. Yeah, that's okay. over. That's
0: It's over there at that point.
1: How do you help moms? Hmm? begin to A see
2: themselves as leaders and B Mm -hmm. see themselves as valuable enough Mm -hmm. to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you said when you if we were to get hired as a manager of a team, Mm -hmm. then we would get training. We would also get days off. Yes we would and professional development. Yes we would and
1: insurance. Yes. And a paycheck and bonuses and And no matter what company we work from (laughs) or no matter what our salary, other people would value that position. You say, I'm a manager of whatever company you name, and people immediately ascribe value to that. And yet, if you say, I'm a mom to my children, they're just kind of with this dead look like, like you just sit around and eat candy yeah, in front exactly of the television it. all day. And just watching TV all day, too much going on. So you don't do anything, huh? Not at all, right? So how
2: do you help women yes. change the the story that they have about what they're mm-hmm. doing? Right. You know, whether they're working or not, as a mom that that what that, that is not nothing and that that is important that they deserve to take
1: care of themselves yes. too. So I have a two-pronged approach. I one, my favorite parenting books have always been business books. If you look for me, I I am looking for information on how to do well in our home and how to get the support that I feel like I need. I'm in the business section. I'm in the manager section of books and I'm just hanging out there because I feel like there's so much information and, um, big companies and organizations have invested Thousands and millions of dollars into consultants to go out and run studies, to do observation of companies that are doing well, and then they come back and report. Here's what's working, right? Success leaves clues. Here are some of the clues to what makes this company successful, and other companies can implement these principles in order for their company and their team to get the support that they need in order to do well together, too. And I just looked at that structure and went, let me get this straight this is working well for companies who are trying to build teams and they're trying to build unity in teams, trying to build conversation, communication, work through dynamics of differences. Hello. That sounds a lot like family. Like we are a a team. It's all of this sounds very similar. And so I just looked for resources that someone had taken the time to take some of this personal development material, to take some of this business and management training material and actually applied it to families. And I just wasn't finding a whole lot of people who had, taken the time to take the bridge and create it. So when I speak to moms, and I speak to moms in organizations, conferences across the country, my conversation there is a two prong of training and giving them some of those tools that are used in companies all the time, as well as just encouraging them, because they're carrying the weight and the burden and the mom guilt that says they're not enough, they're not doing enough, they're not doing it right, they're messing it up. And I want to relieve through encouragement some of that burden and then shore them up by giving them some tools so that they can go forward. So where do I start? I always start with encouragement because walls are up when they hear you speak to moms. Walls are up of like, what is she going to tell me to do? What is it that I'm not doing well? Is she going to tell me that I'm messing everything up? And so they're, they're defensive. So I come in first and I always start with encouragement. You are enough. You were chosen to be the mom for this child or these children. That was no accident. You were chosen for this because you are the best person to do this. Not me. I don't have your answers. When I start workshops and I do workshops on becoming an intentional mom, I do workshops on self-care. And I always start those workshops with, I am not here as an expert who has your answers. I'm here to give you the support that you need and to help you ask the questions to come up with the answers that are best for your family. So after we do the encouragement, then I come in with the tools and the training to support them so that they can go forward in that. And I have three steps that I do. First, I ask families about their vision. Do they have a vision and direction that they're heading Because so many of us are just going.
0: But they probably, a lot of them don't, as my bet.
1: No. But yet that's one of the tools that most companies and organizations when they start is they create a vision and they create a vision statement and they teach it to their entire team. Their executive team knows it, their managerial team knows it, and then their employees and staff know what is the vision or the core values of the organization. Everyone's clear on that. Yet families, we don't take the time to do that. So I start them out to create a vision. And sometimes when I say that, some people get this idea like, okay, I need to create a vision for my family. So I need to block off a weekend, go off in the woods in a cabin, be quiet and vision for the awesome. family. Well, it, well, of course, I think this is moms coming up with this. They're like, yeah, honey, here's Sorry, the honey. thing. I, I went to, to this workshop. Now I got to leave for the weekend. Yeah. That ain't a half bad gig. And if that's the story you're telling your husband, I will back you up on that. But (laughs) because we are dealing with busy moms who don't have the space sometimes to even do that, I say, look around at some families that catch your attention. Do two or three families that you really identify. There's something about those families we like. And then put their names across a a piece of paper and underneath their names, just write down the things that stand out to you about them. And then look across those three families and any traits that are similar, circle them and go, Oh, look like they all have this in common in that list. And they all have this in common and they all have that in common. And you're going to come up with a list of traits that are essentially things that you would like to see in your own family. You've just identified them in these other families. And out of that list, I want to encourage you to take those words and condense them down into just three words. And those are going to become your three core values for your family. And you're going to commit to those core values for the next 12 months. In 12 months, reevaluate and say, are these still the core values we want to operate from? Those core values are going to be the basis for everything you do in your family. And they're going to simplify your family life because you're going to remove a whole lot of rule making in the household. You know, in this household, we don't run. In this household, we don't jump on the furniture. In this household, we don't. Right? And you've got like all this list of rules that you start to forget your own rules, you know, and you made that rule when you were really tired. And the next day you're going, what? What was that rule? (laughs) I'm sure I made a rule about that. Yes, and then they're going to do things that you didn't know you should have made a rule about. Like, who knew that you needed to make a rule about throwing socks into the ceiling fan and watching them ping across the room?
2: <laughs> oh, man, I knew that. Who knew that that should have been a family rule? We did that room? all the time. And then this one day, my friend standing in the doorway of my room, and yes. one of the blazes flew off, oh. nearly hit her right in the head, but didn't, thank yeah. God. But yeah. um, I as, always as an adult, how, I yeah. realized why that might be a bad plan now.
1: Well, see, the child perspective is always the blade just flew off the fan, right? It's not that we did anything to the fan; the blade just flew off. It just did. I don't know what happened. It's
2: because it's it's not immediate, you know. It's (laughs) like it was. We weren't doing it when it flew off. Exactly. We had done it many times. Nothing to do with the many times. Yes,
1: that we weakened the poor fan blade. yes. Yes. And it just gave up the ghost. No, 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 but I had nothing to do with that. It just flew off. So (laughs) there's all these things that we could make rules about. And instead, I just say find those core values for your family and live true to those. Mm -hmm. Make everything you do in your family based on those core values, how you spend your money. How you spend your time, what activities you sign up for, what shows you watch on TV, whether you watch TV or not. Let that all be based on your core values and let that be the unifying conversation. So then because you're in this family, our core values are it's only three words. Everybody from the youngest to the oldest can remember three words and that becomes all of the connecting points for the decisions, the conversations. So if you want to correct your child, then it's not that they broke a rule or they violated a preference, because we get into that with parents, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But that it's something about a core value that they stepped on or that the line that they crossed so that they begin to be able to self-manage. And it's really teaching them how to determine what is right and wrong from the inside out, not the outside in. And all of us, adults and children, can be so susceptible to peer pressure, to the uh, opinions of others, to... What will that make me look like? Am I going to stand out? And I wanted to create a tool for families where they're beginning to have a conversation where everyone in the household is being led from the inside out. And then the last step after you go through visioning and you go through identifying your family's core values, then that's living those core values out in the five priority areas of every household. Every household has them. You have your children, you have your household, you have your activities, you have a current Overwhelming circumstances. And sometimes that's a big move. Sometimes it's divorce. Sometimes it's sickness, or someone in the household is dealing with this chronic sickness. There's all kinds of things that happen that are in a season that is really a pressure point. And the last one is self care. And if you'll notice, that creates an acronym called CHAOS.
2: Ah, nice. I like it.
1: <laughs> but it just happens to be that, the, the five priority areas. It it too. Yes. Those five get. priority areas we're all managing <laughs> and you just live out your core values in each one of those. But what I find is that most parenting information comes from someone who's wearing a hat of an expert, which I don't actually believe in. I don't believe that there are parenting experts. Mm. I believe that there are people who have expertise in communication or expertise in certain areas, but they're not an expert in parenting because parenting is a unique experience for each one of us. And all of us Mm. have a different dynamic that we bring with different children. There's no expert in that. If you want to call expert, I'm going to say whoever the parent is of that child. They're the expert. Mm. I'm going to trust that they have the tools within them, or they're surrounded by people who can support them. So when you know your core values, then you can go to the resources like parenting books, parenting workshops, because you're clear on the direction you want to go. But all too often as parents, when we feel lost and overwhelmed, we go to the experts first, but we're not clear on the direction we want to go.
2: And then the danger is, your values are now whatever expert you're reading. At, at so that time, it can right? Be kind of disorienting for the children, like, well yesterday was this, but today you read this book and I think we get into that in the business world with our managers too. Yes. You know, but that vision like when we when we created ourselves out of out of our own listening to our own inner voice. Mm-hmm.
1: Then it doesn't it's not shifting sand under
2: under our families.
1: Truly, exactly. And it's so easy to do when someone has something like Ph.D. or M.D. behind their name. Uh-huh. So surely they know better than I because oh, I just, course, you know, I right? just got to this no. kid. This kid's <laughs> only six months old. What do I know? But this kid's only two years old or six years old. What do I know? Right. Surely you must know. And I'm saying surely they do know what they know. Now, is that what you need at this point or not? That is the key point in shifting into an intentional perspective is you're saying our family has determined this is the direction we want to go. Let's say if we're going to use it like we're going on a trip. We've decided our family wants to go north. And this expert has been north a thousand times. We're going to listen to them so that they can give us tips on how we can go north, what we can avoid, what are the pitfalls, how we could do this journey well. And that supports us in going where we already said we wanted to go. But we don't stand at a trip and just say we want to go on vacation and then I mean, like everybody, every travel agent's got an idea where you should go. Your family members all have ideas of where you should go. Everybody's got an opinion. And then how do you decide? And before you know it, you got no more vacation time. You've missed it, blown it, can't go, right? And it's kind of that way with parenting. It's like just when we start to get our groove, they're 18. And we're like, oh, heck, we'll use this on grandkids, you know?
2: (laughs) Okay, so I have a question about your process. Yes. Um, you said you pick your three words when you're visioning. Mm-hmm. Do you, you have seven kids. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get pushback from your kids or do, do other moms get pushed back? Like the mom or the, or the parents say our three values are, you know, kindness and curiosity mm-hmm. and achievement or, you know, whatever the things are. Mm-hmm. What, what do you recommend if the kids are like, I don't like those values. Mm-hmm. Does that happen or do they kind of go along usually? What's mm-hmm. your experience
1: with that? Mm. So, when I have parents start this journey, I love that you asked this question. So, I have them start it very gently, and I just have them start with questions like, what's our family favorite meals, Uh, family favorite holidays, celebrations, way of showing love and appreciation, things that are very generic, uh, but allow them kids to give a lot of input and I asked them to do that. It could seem like it's um, a filler activity, but it's really not. I found that what happens quite often when we as moms get excited about some new technique or some new idea that we've learned is we want to run home and go, hey, announcement. Announcement. We're no longer doing what we were doing yesterday. We got a whole new plan because I just read this book or I just did this (laughs) workshop and it's all the good stuff. And we're doing it like now. And the family kind of goes into shock like, okay, so when she left this morning, this was all good. Now she's home this afternoon. It's no longer good. And I kind of liked it the way it was. It just feels like this whole shift. It's Mm -hmm. like coming in and just moving all the furniture and like telling nobody. Right. And they're like, (laughs) Why? why is that even over there? What are we doing? So coming in and just having a conversation about what are some of our family favorites kind of starts to bridge the conversation of we're headed in a new direction, but we don't have to change everything at once. So let me get some input from you. I'm going to let that input marinate. I'm going to be working on some pieces, too, and then I'm going to come back and share with you what I've been working on. And when they do that, it creates more of a conversation than an announcement. Like Uh, announcements come in and say, like, the hammer has fallen and this is how it is and boom. And a conversation says, thank you for sharing these pieces and this part. And uh, part of the visioning process is I have them create a family vision board. Everybody contributes to that. So they've been a part of that. The parents pull back and look at the vision board, and they do some journaling on it, and that helps them to get clear on the core values of the family. So it's not something that they go off and they just came up randomly with three words. It was a part of a process that everybody was involved in already. So I haven't experienced too many parents who've had some pushback, um, and I would say if they did experience pushback to find out the real root of that, Is it that you have a child who's just a natural leader because you all talk about leadership and it would be easy to mark that child as a problem or an irritant because you just want them to go along and get along. But maybe you've got a strong leader in your household and they want to be more involved in the process. If they're that verbal, I would say that they're old enough to understand a conversation about leadership and how leadership isn't always the loudest and isn't always up front. There's another st- a style of leadership, and sometimes that means listening and following, and that could be the best leadership tip that they could get that day. And it doesn't mean that you have to now change it up because they have a problem with it, but you could at least have a conversation about it, and that would bring more value to the core values that you're trying to bring because there's probably a core value right there that we could address that issue. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So I had actually no idea um that all of this would coincide like startlingly congruent with the stuff that we teach. Hmm. You know? Um you know with
2: I knew. That's why I said we have to have Susan on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know,
0: <laughs> well, you get to hang out with Susan all the time and I don't so. Um but yeah, I mean that's uh, It's sad for you. I know it is. So. <laughs>
2: we're gonna work on we're, we're gonna that. Work yeah, on we that. could work so, on that. Yes.
0: I agree. Um and so I, the, the whole idea of implementing this as a conversation—I've mm-hmm. um, seen managers do this really, really well in business too, mm-hmm. and I've also seen managers just completely baffle this. Yes. <laughs> and so, all of these principles—it's so—it's it, it, amazing to me how you've 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 drawn the parallel. You've drawn the parallels between family and business, and, and how uh, these are human principles mm-hmm. that you're bringing out mm-hmm. that. Is, that they're universal, truly, and that's the cool thing, mm-hmm. you know, that these things work, whether you're in a family or whether you're in a, a small team in the shop, mm-hmm. whether you're the CEO or the janitor. Quite frankly, yes, you know, which as moms, you, you're, you're both all of that, you know, all right? of that and so, more. <laughs> so, so this is a, kind of an enlightening thing, and you know, the implementation in families in the mm-hmm. family space. Yes, all right, I'm like. Okay, what, we need to do this like now, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, oh, you know, because you're, you're way farther in the journey than, than Kim and I are because we're still kind of young parents, really. Mm-hmm. And so this, I'm just like, I'm, I'm a little floored by this. And I'm like, this is awesome. And we're going to do this like, we can't do the whole announcement thing. I'm like, that's an important thing for me to remember. <laughs> we go home and announce it.
2: We learned this thing today. Here's our <laughs> We're gonna
1: values. Do this. Yes. We're
2: going to do this. Right now. You know, I, I actually, I feel like I already have a little bit of pushback sometimes from my five year old. Who's about to turn six. And I think to myself like, well, at least it's going to pay off when he's a leader and he doesn't just go along most of the time. So mm-hmm. like, He's, he's going to be a little resistant to peer pressure. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder to kidnap him. You know, things like that. I tell myself that when he's making um, things challenging. But one of the things that we've been talking about is, you know, he's in kindergarten. And it's the first time that he is encountering some, well, I mean, not the first time. But, like, there's some class politics, you mm-hmm. know. There's, uh, there's like, groups of people who don't like other groups of people. And, and he, you know... It, So we talk a lot about being kind. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to be kind and what's Mm -hmm. a kind answer and um, how does she feel when someone says that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he's asked me some questions like, why do I always have to be kind? Mm -hmm. They're not kind. Why do I have to be kind? Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's not so much pushback like, I don't think I like that value, but it makes me also realize that's not a value that everybody shares, you know? I mean, that's a value that I have. And I remember once um, I was describing a person and they're like, what kind of leader is that person? And I, mm-hmm. I was describing him. I say, man, he is so kind. And then the person said, that's a weird word to say. Mm-hmm. This is a couple years ago. Why is it weird? And he mm-hmm. said, is he not very smart? And I was oh. like, what? No, he's brilliant. You know, but we had this interesting conversation where the person felt like I was like using a fluff word because there were no really real words mm-hmm. to use because to them kind wasn't mm-hmm. a word that they associated with a leader. Interesting. And I was like, oh, that makes me, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's still stuck with me all these <laughs> years later. But as, as we start to like develop, I think mm-hmm. our culture as a family, we say, this is who we
1: are, Truly,
2: you know? there are going to be like other kids that's not their value their value is to be on top their value Mm -hmm. is to be the most important Mm -hmm. or to like um i ran into like friendships where my friend's parents were telling them you need to make sure you don't align yourself with any kids that are on the margins because mm-hmm. then you'll be on the margins and mm-hmm. you need to hang out with these kids and not uh, these kids. Yes. which is in some ways like counter to being kind. Right. So as we're like always started,
1: assessing friendships to determine that, you know, status. In the, yeah. Oh, okay. So hard,
2: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just think there's a lot of that, whether Truly. we recognize it as, as culture bearing or mm-hmm. not in our families. And so to come back to what, What we're talking about and why we wanted you to come on to our podcast Mm -hmm. um, and talk about motherhood is because I think if we start to help moms Mm -hmm. see themselves as leaders, then it gives them permission to act intentionally as leaders Mm -hmm. to to really craft and wrestle with things like culture and you know, um, values and mission and things like that.
1: Part of what really fires me up to continue to do this work um, on days where I've had a long day myself with my own family and uh, there's still work to do to support moms. Uh, And part of what fueled me to write this book, The Intentional Parent, and when we're parenting on purpose, when life gets busy, is because in the absence of households creating value, our children will try to create it. When we yes. don't pause and intentionally create core values within our home, our children will try to go out and create and to try to determine what value is. And they're going to do it from their level, their five-year-old level, their six-year-old level, their 12-year-old level of understanding, of maturity, of life experience, which is very limited. So to be first- to be the biggest, to be the strongest, to be the fastest, those will things that they're going to assign value to because they have this absence, this vacuum of someone else helping them to understand these are true values that will carry you over a lifetime. And these other values that you're creating on your own will not help you to create the life that you're ultimately going to want. So will your son be different if you all have a core value of kindness? You betcha. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily Uh, because you're teaching him how to live from the inside out, from his core, from what's truest to him, he will act and he will not allow these others. So when he's asking you, I'm going to ask you to do a reframe when he's asking you that I wouldn't even slightly see that as pushback. I would say he's trying to help ask you, can you help me to identify what this difference that I'm experiencing is and help me to understand why this is so important. And so your conversations just keep reinforcing. This is why this is important. And in our household, this is how we do things. And we don't, we're not just asking you to do these things, but mommy's doing these things. Daddy's doing these things. We are all working to be kind because we know kindness matters and it's important to us. And that's the gift that we as a family bring to this world.
2: Yeah. And I think he, asking me about it he's also teaching me Mm -hmm. because I think part of what he's saying is well I want to be kind but I still I don't want to get stepped on and so how do I have good boundaries you know there's a lot in that question oh yeah that then we can talk about like but I don't I don't want to play that game Mm -hmm. but she's sad if I say no yes being being kind mean I have to say yes to everything Mm -hmm. you know like so it's it's fun being a parent and And it's I feel like he is always teaching me as much as I'm teaching him. And we're open to that. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: when I have the families identify their core values, I love that you brought that up. One important part of that is that they define each family defines what that is. So if you chose kindness as a core value, you would define what is what is kindness? What does that look like? How does that expressed? Because you could choose kindness and my family could choose kindness and we would have two completely different experiences of what kindness means. Each family is going to uniquely describe what that is because each family has their own unique experience and past that they're bringing their own unique gifts and talents that they bring to that and their own unique expression of that in whatever circles they're operating in each day. So your son is in public school. So he has a different experience with children each day than my children. Children who are homeschooled have in their experience of that, right? And so we should make sure that that core value is the truest it could be to our family, and it's not just some textbook or dictionary definition of kindness, but truly expressing what that is and allowing that conversation to continue, like you just mentioned, you all do about kindness, so that you're constantly um, deepening the meaning of it through experiences and through life questions that come up so that he understands just how thoroughly this is entrenched in our lives. It's not just a word that we put on a wall or we have a keychain remind us of our core values. We got cute little merchandise about it, right? But it's <laughs> like, deeper I like than merch. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the core values truly do. They infuse into every part of our lives and they're that important.
0: That's awesome. We're going to bring this on in for a landing here. And wow, I don't even, there's so much here to bring in for a landing, but let's, let's do, let's do this. What's one thing that you would tell moms as we kind of, as we kind of close out here today, tonight, Mm -hmm. uh, what's the one thing that you would like for them to, to walk away with right Mm now?
1: Oh, love it. Well, I'm going to guess that, there are not just moms listening to this, that there are some husbands or some dads listening to this. Oh yeah. And so around the world, as a matter of fact, yes, I'd like for them to know that their support and their encouragement for moms, And helping them to see the value in what they do is so important. And I know they might be tempted to hear that this show is about moms and think, oh, I shouldn't listen to this episode. And I'm going to say, I hope you've listened to the whole thing and that you've heard a theme here of how much encouragement is needed, as well as support and tools and resources to help do this incredible job. And so don't hold back. And sharing that encouragement and don't hold back in your support, in your presence, in your involvement, because it makes all the difference for this tough job. And to the moms who are listening, I would say, in spite of your latest mistake, you're still a good mom. In spite of your fears or your doubts or your worries or your anxiety or your mom guilt, you're still a good mom. Keep going and don't let those mistakes and those fears keep you from leaning into this experience of motherhood because it truly is a gift and a calling and you've only been chosen because you were already ready and the support and the tools that you need are all around you if you'll just look up and see them but be willing to enter into fully this motherhood experience and allow yourself to grow and develop and learn and don't let the lack of not knowing or not fully understanding keep you from really entering into that
0: wow (laughs) (laughs) wow that's all i can say wow (laughs) wait a minute there's something else i need to say um all right so where can we find you online where 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 what's the easiest place where people can connect with you?
1: Ah, the easiest place is my website, Susan S E A Y Cool. Cool, yeah, cool. So it's simple there. There's resources there. I have audios there. I have uh videos. I have blog posts, and then I also have a resources page where they can click to get my book that comes in a great kit that got a tote bag and conversation card sets for those who are like, I'd like to have conversations, but I don't know where to start.
2: They um, are so cool. Yes. They're the neatest.
1: I love it. And then I've got another set of... Um, tools there that are simple ways to be more intentional. For those who just want to get started and they just need simple, thorough ways that are really going to make a big bang and have great impact, that's another set. All of this comes together in a kit for them. And I highly recommend that if the husbands are listening, get on there and order that kit. It's a resource to support that special woman in your life who needs it. And if there are women listening Give yourself the gift of ordering it and allow yourself to move forward because you are a leader and leaders are constantly learning, constantly developing, constantly training themselves so that they can be their best for those that they serve.
2: Susan, I feel like we, we could have talked for four more hours. Um, there's so much. Easily. <laughs> and, you know, the the motherhood journey is, is one with a lot of caveats and a lot of facets. And so... Um, there's so much to learn and you have so much to offer. And uh, my hope is that people who are listening got a little bit of a taste of that. And um, they're they're just, you you are someone who has just so many resources that are available online. And there are so many ways to connect with you, whether it's um, through your speaking or Mm -hmm. through the products that you offer and things like that. Um, maybe someday a podcast of your own. Even oh, wouldn't
1: that be fun? I would. I would listen to
2: that. Uh, it's like water in the desert. Tell me, Susan, yes. what can I do right now? So, um, man, I almost hate to cut it off, but I know we are already going to have to edit for time, and it's going to be really hard because everything was so fun. Let's edit out oh, yeah. my really long tangenty story. <laughs> that that happened a little bit in this episode. Uh,
0: no. no. <laughs> So you have been listening to Creation Curve Leadership with Coach and Kim and Susan. Thanks so much for being here, Susan. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been amazing. So we're done. That's the end. Bye, guys. Peace out. Okay. Goodbye. Bring the awkward.